Hello everybody, welcome back for another video. Hope you're all doing well and that you're all having a fantastic day as always. We're trying to get your attention. Comments, likes, and subscriptions are always appreciated. Very big thank you to all the new subscribers on the new channel. I thank you very much. Welcome back to another News I Missed, where I go over News I Missed. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. As ODL adoption spikes, Ripple said it will continue to purchase XRP from secondary markets. Leading blockchain company Ripple disclosed in its recently published quarter to 2022 financial report that it has been buying back XRP on the secondary market. The blockchain company noted that the purpose of the XRP buyback initiative is to sell the acquired crypto asset to on-demand liquidity businesses. You might have noticed there's a lot of Ripple news, and a lot of the Ripple news is no longer the nonsense with the SEC. Ripple is partnering with countries, for those of you who missed that, literal countries all the times, and banks and governments and also hedge funds, and a lot of them, but the thing that people sometimes miss, one of the main criticisms of, of Ripple and XRP back in 2017 was that no one's using XRP. No one's using their actual things, and now people are. They're using the XRP ledger. They're using ODL, on-demand liquidity, which explicitly uses, guess what? XRP. Can you imagine where they get the XRP from? They have to buy it from Ripple. Surprise! And the other crazy part is uh, them buying back XRP on the open market is because they don't have enough to sell to these other companies and banks and governments who are actually buying it. Isn't that absolutely insane? Because people years ago made them lock up all their coins in the protocol for fear of Ripple for some reason selling off all their XRP, which they would never do because they're trying to be a company for the next 100 years. Now they don't have enough. So now they have to continuously buy back XRP on the open market to be able to sell back to other companies. According to Ripple, the adoption of its on-demand liquidity solution has grown tremendously in the previous quarter. Just a couple of months, on-demand liquidity volume surged by nine times, or 9 x year over year, the report had noted. Notably, on-demand liquidity customers have been utilizing the solution beyond domestic remittance and individual payments to bulk payments and treasury flows. How fascinating is that, that it's all coming to fruition, to a head? I'm not really sure what to call it. Yeah. This was kind of major news. A lot of people uh, were questioning why they were doing it. I think a lot of people, it's not that they're new or not new to finance or whatever the actual case might be. A lot of people didn't understand and they thought that they were simply buying it back to, uh, what was, what's the term? Like have more for themselves in like a greedy kind of manner. Uh, because usually what happens if you look at it from a, a company perspective that actually has stocks, my arms are flailing all over the place right now. From a company that has stock, you tend to do a buyback of their stock uh, or in one way to, wow, to actually raise the price of said stock or to uh, in anticipation of the stock rising. They want more for themselves, but we've heard from Ripple that they're actually doing it to be able to sell to other companies and governments, don't forget that part, who are buying up XRP to use with on-demand liquidity. We've, we've had 
news constantly. The last three or four months of all these companies who are buying tons of XRP uh, from Ripple to be able to use their products to send money around the world. Yeah, that's the Ripple has purchased, it says millions of XRP under its buyback program in just quarter two alone. Fascinating. And yeah, let's move on. Next up, Daimler Southeast Asia will build a blockchain-based data sharing network, a division of the Mercedes-Benz Group, on top of Polygon. The decision to use Polygon furthers Polygon's global growth in a variety of industries. I am very interested in how in the world Polygon got all of these partnerships in like a six-month period. There must be some really good public relations, something happening behind the scenes because Polygon was like, oh, wow, that's cool. You can use it for that. And then it became extremely popular and was integrated to every single NFT platform as like the the fee-free or the one-cent fee way to be able to buy NFTs. And now since then, we've heard of a number of companies who are using and integrating Polygon into their services like just within the last couple of weeks. And now we have uh, Southeast Asia, Mercedes-Benz. Eccentric, a new data sharing platform from Daimler Southeast Asia, will let businesses purchase and sell the information in a decentralized setting. The blockchain network will also be utilized to trade data from a variety of businesses like insurance data, clinical trials, and many others, even though it is a Mercedes-Benz affiliate product. Additionally, unlike the majority of other decentralized data systems of a similar nature, Accentric, that is A-C-E-N-T-R-I-K, their data won't be kept on the blockchain. It, it, it kind of will. And yeah, it says instead each data set on the blockchain will be represented by an NFT Specific metadata will be stored on each of the NFTs. So usually what we hear is that it's kind of like laid directly on the blockchain. But from what I've read, as this was very popular news, it looks like every bit of information for every car or whatever they're trying to do will be stored directly in a box. That box will be in the form of an NFT that will then be sold to a number of companies, whoever needs to access the data. And from what I get, it's kind of like a... Uh, you'll be able to simply give the same information to a bunch of companies at the exact same time if they need to know about the make and model of the car, if you're getting it repaired, if there's an accident, if you are making a claim to your insurance company, it's no longer like having to file paperwork and do all this stuff. It'll simply be instantaneously, there's the license plate number, there's the NFT, we need access to it, bam, you got it, there we go. Uh, But they're using Polygon. Polygon is... uh, One to keep an eye on, because if Ethereum succeeds, Polygon is probably going to succeed as well. And as it stands right now, the amount of partnerships on Polygon are getting a little insane. We'll see exactly what ends up happening as the year ends up dragging on. But yeah, Mercedes-Benz is officially going to be... Mercedes-Benz Asia, still the same, is going to be using Polygon for a data sharing platform. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's move on. Next up. Spanish banking giant Santander 
is planning to offer crypto trading services in Brazil. As announced by Santander Brazil CEO Mario Leao, the changes are expected to go into effect within the next couple of months. Brazil is wild. Have you all been, if you've been watching these videos, you must have been keeping track of the amount of activity happening with Brazil. I think they have their own Bitcoin and Ethereum ETFs. Uh, Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo? Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo? Sao Paulo. What, is it Sao Paulo? What's the, what's the place with the gigantic statue? Uh, their capital? I don't remember. I'm going to say Sao Paulo. Uh, recently announced that they're, they're working with their treasury uh, to allow the city um, to have a 1% of their funds allocation exclusively just in Bitcoin. Just in Bitcoin, 1% of their treasury. Things are getting a little insane. Uh, they have a whole bunch of other initiatives with banks and institutions and hedge funds who are like quickly, rapidly making sure that all these cryptocurrency laws end up going through. Uh, and this is not the first time that we have heard about uh, cryptocurrency trading services. This is significant because it's Santander. And they're ginormous. I don't know if you've seen a Santander bank, depending on where you are in the world, but they're massive. And this also ties directly into, once again, it's no longer a question of, are banks in crypto? Maybe in like 10 years, they'll be in crypto. They're here. They're actively announcing that they're going to be launching these services for their clients in Bitcoin. And that is one of the really weird things that I don't understand while we are where why, why we are still at the prices where we currently are. The demand is gigantic. The amount of rich people actively in the open announcing we are buying up Bitcoin. We are going to be offering Bitcoin services. And so many people aren't paying attention. I just do not get it. According to Leao, the decision to enter the world, the crypto world, is simply a vision that our client has demanded for this type of asset. So we have to find the most correct and most educational way to do it. One of the largest banks in Europe, Santander, now looks set to offer crypto trading to more than 55 million customers in Brazil. Incredible news. Every single day. Like, it is... It is difficult to find, like, bad news in this space. It is just constant, all-the-time adoption. And I think even we've gotten to the point where people in the cryptocurrency space don't get it. Like, it's just... it. I make news every single day. It's always good news. The bad news, if you want to call it that, is stuff that's kind of out of our control. It's, you know... What took place at the beginning of 2020? It's what happened in East Europe. It what happened in... What's the other place who was also causing problems even though they have no right to do it? I can't remember the name of the place. The point is like... Oh, also, the inflation thing. Like, that's not... You know, that's not our fault. It's something that's happening like in the macro setting. Besides that, everyone's buying up crypto. All the banks are... How do you offer Bitcoin trading to customers... If you don't have Bitcoin, this tells me for the 38th time in the last couple of months, as a bank offering these services, 
you need to have that asset. We just found out that Santander Bank owns Bitcoin. BlackRock owns Bitcoin. Every other bank who we've heard that they're going to be offering institutional trading and buying and custody of Bitcoin for their customers. What do you think they're handing these people air? Anyway, one day we'll get to $100,000 Bitcoin and people will go, oh, banks were buying because people just, they, there's no, there's no, there's, there's no logic in the air floating around and we need a lot of it. We need balloons worth of logic right now. Anyway, that's the one of the largest banks on the planet is going to be offering uh, cryptocurrency trading services in Brazil to 55 million people. <laughs> Guys, probably nothing because, you know, it's just a bank buying Bitcoin, you know. All right, let's move on. Also in the news, crypto project VeChain is apparently making upgrades to their platform. It says VeChain, a flexible enterprise grade L1. What? Oh, layer one, enterprise grade, layer one. Why they worded like that? Layer one smart contract platform just recently announced that it has hit another milestone within its ecosystem. Using VeChain feed delegation as a leverage point, the platform has already sponsored over 2 million VTHOs, V-T-H-O's, V-Thor house optimisms, making it possible for artists, collectors, and projects to engage with one another and grow together. Aww. The platform blockchain added that it eliminated the requirement of paying transaction fees for users using decentralized applications or dApps and solved one of the most significant problems inhibiting widespread blockchain adoption, creating space for widespread adoption. They, they said that twice. They said, we've removed the need for dApp users, paid transaction fees, and tackled one of the biggest challenges facing mainstream adoption of the blockchain. Yes, good, wonderful. Um, VeChain is not as in the often in the news as it used to be before, but here's here's one. You have apps on your phone. We all nearly, I assume all of us ha- has a smartphone. Cool. You have apps on your smartphone. Still with me? Some of these apps are free to download. Still with me? Wonderful. Imagine using that app and everything you do, everything you click requires a transaction fee. Yes, nonsensical, I know. That's how many dApps uh, are actually functioning right now, not just on VeChain, but across the entire ecosystem. This was a thing years ago that was uh, highlighted by a number of blockchain companies, but I told you this story before. Uh, It was the people from EOS. Someone made a game on EOS, but part of the problem was is that every action required a small amount of EOS. The game wasn't even that fun. And I was like, it was like a like a, 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 a NES kind of looking game as well. And I was like, I don't want to pay transaction fees in general. Let's be completely honest, especially when we have blockchains out there that have zero fees on them. Once again, let's be honest. But the idea of paying a transaction fee at all or even on a dApp, no, that's not how the world's going to work. Uh, these things are going to have to be free. Uh, I think people understand the concept of paying a transaction fee if they are sending money through the blockchain. Many parts of the banking system 
will usually, if the amount is high enough, uh, first of all, they charge you a fee in general if you're sending around your own money or if you're taking it out of an ATM. But if you're sending money from one side of the world to another, you get charged like half a percent or even a 1% fee plus, depending on where you're sending your money. That can be a lot of money. So I think people understand the idea of maybe needing to pay one cent, two cents, five cents, 50 cents to be able to send $10 million across a blockchain. But to tap something on my phone, to click on something and pay, no, no, no. So good job, good job, good job, VeChain people uh, for doing this because I I assume you're going to get a lot more customers now because people don't want to pay transaction fees for using a dApp. Wonderful. That's the V-Chain. It is V-Chain Thor. I knew it. We were talking about that a couple days ago. At the end of the other video, I have a lot of energy. We were looking at the the the, the prices at the end of one of the videos, and it just said uh, V-Chain, like for the, the name of the coin. And I was like, I'm pr- wasn't V-Chain Thor the name of the coin before? But now they only say V-Chain, but it says V-Chain, hashtag V-Chain Thor right here. So I assume, I, 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 I assume it's V-Chain Thor. That's the No More Transaction Fee Newses. Let's move on. Yeah. I do hope that you've all enjoyed. I do hope that you all are having a great day, a great morning, great afternoon, great evening, wherever you are, wherever you might be. The hope is absolutely fantastic. Thank you all once again for watching, listening, and or supporting. And I will most certainly be talking to you all soon. See you.